Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! been a long time but we're back is that a it's not a song i just i made it up no, record never, it never been a song record it make it create it it's, it'll be a number one speaking, country tune number of, one country tune speaking of songs i have recently been trying to like get into and like greta van fleet because yes something that we share is we both like led zeppelin a ton and Man. everybody's like greta van fleet sounds just like led zeppelin if you ordered it from wish well maybe better it's maybe than, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, but like a. So, so here's the thing. Um, at least the battle at the Garden Gate or whatever, whatever, like kind of their, I guess not best album, but like their, like biggest, biggest like whatever battle at the Garden Gate. Yeah. He whatever the lead singer's name is does not sound like Robert Plant on that at 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 all. Really? As a matter of fact. Who he sounds like is Getty Lee. It's it's a bigger it's Rush with a with with a bigger band. Like why is nobody saying they sound just like Rush? Because dude sounds just like Getty Lee. Live. So live, they sound like Zeppelin. Recorded, they sound like Rush. I'm just I want, I want you to listen. Who sounds like Greta Van Susteren? Um, all I have my all no jokes. No, no I I just need to. <laughs> all right, all right. Just uh, just kidding around. Anyway, back to the lecture at hand. Today we're going to talk about one of Josh's sort of peeves, one of my not as much peeve as Josh, but I do think it is one of those <laughs> issues where the soothsayers and the... Man, this and, is and people the, just and selling the, crap. And the, and the, the, just, snake, the snake handlers... Snake oil handlers. The snake oil handlers and the used car sell. Which used car, why is used car sell? It's like used cars aren't bad. I guess it's the salesman of the slick. I'm going to say something that doesn't work. Well, I think it it it's those people like, that sell the cars. Well, it no. Well, a bit. So, like when you buy a used car, the the experience, the product varies from used car lot to used car lot. And so in the South, what happens for all you Northerners, and maybe some of you Southerners just don't know this. Like, you go to a used car lot, typically they go to auction, buy these used cars. I bought a car at auction once. It's, it's kind of cool, actually, yeah. the experience so, is. So amazing. a lot of times they're buying cars from up north that still are what we would call up north. So if you're in Minnesota, not not in Canada, up north of Mississippi, I guess. And, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, well. And so you can get a relatively late model car on trade-in from like an Illinois or Minnesota that the body still looks good except for the undercarriage because of the salt damage. Yes. And so there's this, this product called Bondo that a lot of people will buy these cars and take them to the, and I'm doing air quotes here, the body shop, not not the one not that, the Sam, one that Sam, sounds like that the devil sings. That Sam Smith goes to. <laughs> As long as it's not the one the devil sings. And Kim Petrus or whatever. And put Bondo and like refinish it and all that. And you're, and and most unwitting 
consumers just get it. And, well, and they'll power wash the engine. So you yeah. open it up and it looks like pristine and clean, but they've just like stripped it of all the... Now, look, since we're in the banking industry, because I know somebody's husband sells used cars or whatever out there. A husband? Why not a wife? Because the... You... Uh, the bank marketing audience. Is it not a used car saleswoman? What happened to that? I don't know. It's 70% women. It's our audience. So, and, and. Which is awesome. And Sean Carson. Yeah, which is not awesome. But anyway. <laughs> no, it is awesome. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. We have four listeners. It's th three women and Sean Carson. And my mom. Well, she's a woman. Okay. She's one of the four? Yeah. Oh, the I, didn't three. We, I didn't know we counted her. She, yeah. Okay. She's in. Anyway, so just as a disclaimer, I'm not saying that every used car place does that. I'm just saying that's the, the lower end of the variance. You, you it's a known thing. You never know what you're going to get. The other was the Katrina cars. After Katrina, oh, yeah, they're just flooded. They, they got flooded, and they kind of got them to where they could at least ride for a little while, and they brought them up here and put them in lots, and we're like, go buy a new car for, oh, this is an amazing deal. And then three months later, it's just corroded. I did follow a, a YouTube, um, one of these YouTube things, like clickbaity, like got like the whatever the, the – um, Audi R12, or I think is what it is, the the Tony Stark, like their like the super Iron car. Man branded car. No, 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 it's just like a super like their whatever it's missiles. No, it is no, it's just a fast car. It's like a race. Dang. It's like a dang it. Like their answer to the Lambo or whatever. Uh, got one from the Miami or whatever Florida, wherever the hurricane hit. That just Tampa yeah, somewhere. That thing in like that was in <laughs> locked storage. But it was totally fine. Like they just had lost the key for it in oh. in the hurricane. Like they oh. thought it like it may have flooded. The guy insurance company paid him out, so the insurance company took it, took it to auction. And it's just like if you and and these things aren't like go get a key made. You yeah. know the key's probably two grand or whatever. Just like programming and all this. I followed that. Is this the Car Guys podcast? That saga. I don't. Yeah. Those right car now, Guys. Us. They had that radio show. It was Clack good. and clank. Or yeah, it was pretty good actually. But back to the clanking. Used car salesman out there. I'm sorry. Used snake car sales women. Yes. We've got to recognize game. Game recognizes game. game. Okay. Uh, so I, we're gonna. I'm gonna read a little post today. Read. Read. The I'm post. gonna read a post. I'm gonna give credit because I, I thought it was a good one. This is from a Matt Lerner. I do not know Matt Lerner. Uh, I Isn't saw. He, was he backup quarterback at the Lions? Uh, that was Matt Liner, <laughs> who also won Heisman Trophy from USC. <laughs> he did. How about that? Just he wasn't a backup quarterback either. I think he actually started. Was he the one that had the butt fumble? I think he may be butt fumble. Is he butt fumble? Yeah. Uh, interesting. So this podcast is going down quickly. He had a. a what I would say was a good post on uh, the old LinkedIn. And so read it, and then we're going to discuss. I will read Don't it. read the whole thing. It's long. You don't think so? Paraphrase. It's not that long. Oh, it is long. I'm going to read. I'm going to paraphrase. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to tell you all one of John's top, two, two of John's toxic traits. If any of you out there ever need to text John, like, multiple things, you have to text him a thing and, like, wait on him to, like, acknowledge that thing, then text him the next thing. Because the scroll up on John's phone does not work. <laughs> he will, he's laughing because he, I'm I'm not denying any of this. <laughs> so if you had to send him like three screen caps, he'd be like, "Where? I, I, this has no context." What's the, like, dude? Just scroll up, like it's up there. He just. What's the other toxic trait? Um, looking at just the first part of a LinkedIn thing and not unfurling. Yeah. <laughs> 
True. This on is both a days. this is a great article, and like it's and I like uh, then I'll like comment like yeah when he said so and so he's like he didn't say so and so, and then I'll scroll. Up. Jo- yeah, because it's it's a pretty long. Jo- jo- John has like. Uh, like I think ADD people talk about this, like object permanence, like all he believes exists is the only thing in his field of view. True. Right there. If I didn't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> points take. I'm not even being uh, defensive. Those are very good points. I'm just this pro tips True. for take all pro, the vendors out pro, there. That, pro tips. Pro, pro tips for John. If you send me an email that I can't read in like the little preview yeah, pane, he, yeah. I'm not reading it. Yeah, he's an above the fold kind of guy. Yeah, that little preview pane that Outlook gives me on the side. If you can't, if it's got longer than that, I'm not looking at he doesn't it. I don't even know there's a button to click. I don't even know. I'm just like, oh, you didn't get me this in the email. We, did, we oh, just need to start doing like the Bobby uh, Lee Theo Vaughn podcast and just roast each other. Oh, but, man. But, it, but it's not mean, it's just actually true. Theo Vaughn, I don't know how he keeps coming up with stories. That guy, he's got stories for days. Yeah. But Matt Leinert or Lin- Lerner. 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 Uh, worked at PayPal, major fintech-ish company. Look, weirdly not acknowledged. It was so funny how long PayPal's been around. It's not acknowledged as fintech, but it's like maybe it's, the original fintech. Cer- certainly. I mean, it's a, certainly a payment solution for a, a long time. Yeah, it was. And, the, and the deal is, is like Starbucks has blah, blah, blah money in their co- like. PayPal been holding your money for years, dog. Yeah, pa- PayPal's held my, I, there's, there's probably money in there from 94, like 95 eBay. I've got like, I don't know. Before they updated the hundred dollar bills in there, they used to they, they used to make you hold money in their account before you could could because um, was that Elon? Did Elon make pe- PayPal? He, made he was a thing that turned into PayPal that he then when PayPal went public he made a fortune. Uh, he was talking about Elon Musk and PayPal making money. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss today. We're here to discuss this post by our friend Matt at PayPal. He said, I once wasted a million dollars on a marketing segmentation to build personas. Here's what we actually learned, and I'm going to skip ahead. He said, the research was exquisite. Uh, we started with dozens of interviews, with uh, then fielded thousands of surveys, clustered their findings into segmentation. It teased out nuances among our merchant segments, sellers, uh, direct-to-consumers, multi-channel, et cetera. Each persona had psychometric scores for risk tolerance, price sensitivity, ambition, tech savvy, et cetera. So they did a deep dive into all their customers. We got to know our customer. We know everything about our customer. We got to group them into these personas. And he said, eventually I asked myself, how will this help our, our marketing? Thank God. And he said, the people- and I realized, spoiler alert, it never would. Yeah. He said, the payment differences were fascinating, but inconsequential. And payments merchants basically all want the same six things. Buyers trust, checkout easy, uh, works with existing systems, isn't too expensive, helps manage fraud, and provides good customer service. If it does those things, the personas don't make a hill of beans difference. It, it, everybody wants that. Yes. Everybody Nobody's like... It. Well, I'm a left-handed Democrat from Iowa who also skis on the weekends, but I don't want my services to be good and fraud-free and fast. I mean, like, it doesn't make a difference. We have overcomplicated the pundits, and this is why I'm down on vendors and why you've heard me say, and I haven't gotten on the, the research soapbox in a while. Research so many times either 
either A, confirms what we already knew or told us something very, as he said, very fascinating yet inconsequential. I like research when you have to justify an ROI. Like, we need to go in and look at deposits account opened while we ran this campaign. And oh, that's in, that's not research. Yeah, well, it's that's researching, internal. but it's internal. But that, but going but in and also, being like, who are the people that opened these accounts and did they do this? Look, there's a like, bank out there that's probably paid for or at least taken a bunch of persona mapping um, calls and has never looked at their products per household or profiled their own clients to understand that like the 70 year olds have this product set. I am not saying that personas at large aren't valuable, but as the, they, the, the big audience out there, I can't think of an industry other than finding, if you're in a niche, finding the persona who like buys Spanx. But now they've got spanks. Like if you they were to believe sp- that, they, they got, got spanks for everybody. Everybody. They got spanks for skinny people. That's right. Men spanks. Everybody likes to be spanks. I mean spanked. John, John's own one today. I just I just want to disclaim that these thoughts <laughs> that all thoughts on this podcast are not my own. toxic traits. Like the um, I love the disclaimers that people put we on. We have one at the end of this. Have on, you ever listened all the way to the end? Speaking of scrolling down, oh, we have a disclaimer at the well, end. Well, ABA made us do that. I'm sure. No, we did it. Did we? Yes. What does it say? Just that the thoughts and comments of this are just yours and mine and not of Mavis Agency or Renaissance Bank. (laughs) (laughs) Since your name's on the masthead. (laughs) At least mine's not. My thoughts aren't of my company that I run. Well, I mean, you know. They're not. I'm in a fugue state during every podcast, which is actually probably not untrue. But, no, I mean, let's the. Word personas, not not bad, but like this whole like, I'm going to figure out how to read the tea leaves of who I, how I market. One, any bank I've ever talked to, and this is big, say amen if you want to about your bank down to the small banks. Nobody ever has enough money to do all the things they want to do. And when you start fragmenting that message or thinking you're going to fragment that message down like, Personalization down to down personalization to, down to eight personas. Can you imagine, like, realistically, realistically, looking at how hard it is to get out the marketing that we do that is not homogenous but homogenous to each group a business message, a mortgage message, all of that, and that, like, each of those segments had like eight personas. Well, it's insane, it is, and a lot of it started with, and look. You want to talk about the people that dug into personas. Remember when we partnered up with, uh, IB, it was either IBM or Intel years ago? Intel. It was Intel. And we put... Um, well, these guys, and look... But these, but we were putting cameras in our banks that when someone walked by an advertisement, you would have a digital board and it would change, before they got to it, the picture to resemble their persona, whatever that was, yeah, or that, it tried to. That wasn't a compliance nightmare. Well, it was a, we tested it. I, I know, I know, but I mean, I'm just saying like uh, back then we didn't think about the compliance scrutiny, but now like thinking yeah, back. Yeah, that like, was, that was over, that was like 15 years ago. Yeah. That was a like, long like time ago. Like white male walks in and you're sh- like. White dude on the, all the posters in the branch. Because that, that matters. And switches and then you see like, you know, a minority and, family, then you'd see like and, kids. And let me say this, let me say this because I just said something that I don't fully agree with. White dude seeing a white dude doesn't matter, but minority seeing minority Inclusion well, when you've been does unincluded for yeah. years, it's time but, but, to be included. But it is so funny to think like it was. It's like um, variable inclusivity, and we're not really be we're be either being super inclusive or we're only being inclusive when you're looking at us. It, 
It was weird technology. We were testing it for them. Absolutely. And I don't fault Intel because they are paid to develop new technologies. We were part of it. It wasn't like they're trying. You haven't heard of this. No, there, we didn't use it for there, anything. There wasn't a mass rollout. Uh-uh. And they said, hey, would you... They sent us thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of equipment. In tech, yeah. We got like... So, so it was a test. And again, I want to be real clear. We're not... Fa- they, they were like, hey, we're a bunch of nerd scientists that gets paid to research stuff. Test it. And we were like, sure. Yeah. That- do, do these... Does the product pitch with persona physically being seen by the persona help drive accounts or product openings in these branches. And, and here's the thing. All we figured out from this, because, again, I wonder— Was that people were already in the branch doing yeah, yeah. All, all we figured out was it was an easier way to do branch counts. Yeah, you that, could, that's all you figured out. Yeah, you could because there was no. You could get a demo of who's in your branch without having yeah. to get into your system and look at their like what they signed up when they opened the account. Yeah, it, mean, it had no marketing function other than maybe like if there was a compliance requirement to say what type of people are in your bank. Yeah, yeah. Give us a demographic and uh, yeah, d- demographic profile of who who. who but, but it would try to give you age and like it might think you were older or younger. Oh, like there hilarious. was some stuff that was hard for it to figure oh, out. Yeah, the test. What, and of course, I mean, it's still that technology was 15 years old. I mean, it was the demos were amazing. It's easy to get excited about useless tech. That is the word I keep going back. The word fascinated, like when we go back to what that word means, is like being hypnotized. Like the way that word. Oh, I remember looking at that and be like, this is amazing. Like if you what do back, you do with it? <laughs> if you look back at old books like like the um the, the Iliad and all of that stuff, the sirens. The they word, fascinated they the guy, fascinated. Yeah, the people in, in the other words, they so were, they lost track of their mission because yeah. they were fascinated. Absolutely, so fascinating. Yeah. I don't know that he meant so specifically as a wordsmith to use a word that is. We get hypnotized by this stuff that looks. Oh, I mean, like we oh, were, you and I were super, excited about it. Super, like super we're excited know it and deliver this to the implications to the industry and blah blah blah. But all it was was a head counter. Like you could have had just a like a human. You could have st- had a human there with a little clicker yeah. and a clipboard going. Okay, dip, dip, dip. All right, and here's the data. And you're like, they open the same accounts because what do they want? Fast service, no fraud, quick, you know, whatever ease of service. Spri- but how do we? But we're we're launching a deposit, a nationwide deposits campaign, which nobody actually does. That's not the top eight big banks, by the way, because nobody has budget to do it well. And we want to drill into like the spry silvers. How are you going to talk like when you understand it? John will certainly agree with this. After you actually can get to a good brand message, a good brand message is universal across demos. Oh, you just yeah. communicate it maybe slightly differently. Like just do it. Does it change for old people at Nike? No, it's our babies or or ultimate driving machine. It yeah. means the BMW can work for everybody that can afford one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and and it's it is just an in a, a and, and most most research is a pipe dream. Like, well, I think you've got two but, but sides I will say, here. I will, I will. I do want to throw one research is if you're starting out, are you? I don't know. We're noticing there's some banks out there that suck. And, and what I mean by that is they suck. But they, if you look at their— <laughs> He said it. He said it. I'm saying some. I mean, in, in every set of whatever, there's really great operators, really bad ones. There are some banks that, like, if you aggregated, like, Google reviews, yeah, like, you could plot out, obviously, 
the quality of banks in America. And just some that like, well, let's say you're a bank that if you kind of got your head out of your rear end and stopped being like that insular, like local hometown football team to your own bank and like actually realize that we're in an echo chamber. People don't like your service you're- and you probably need to change it. And you, you did that and looked at it. You're like, hey, we need to change. So that would be a good time to rebrand at least on it. Like, or maybe they love your service and you can brand to that as your part of your, absolutely. your message. But I'm just saying like these people that like, like the, 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 the baby, the poison baby Tylenol, where Tylenol is like, we got to do something. Our reputation's bad. Yeah. I would say there is a value in recording sentiment and tracking that sentiment throughout your change to make sure what you're doing is working. That there are applications for research, but this random like, I really need to know my customers, and I'm not a like like I'm have an ethical and moral dilemma if I don't know that we have seventy percent spry silvers and twenty percent credit and khakis. Yeah, I, oh, that, I love when vendors show up and say, "This is Sam the Saver over here, and this is Chad the Check Casher over you know here." And they go, "You know what they all want? Money. There's stuff to work. There's stuff yeah. to work. Yeah, low friction. That's yeah." Safe, trust, ease of use. That's yeah. it. And uh, and the the funny part is, I'm, I'm thinking about all these, is how many brands, and you, look, you and I teach at schools, we go speak at these things, and we see all these brands at conferences or lack thereof brands, and I'm like, get your brand right and get your branding out there before you worry about the persona because – if you don't do that, you're if even if you do in a vacuum of the world you're in, the persona thing right, which I don't think it can be done right because I think it's a complete waste. I'm trying to think of an industry where it works. But if you wanted to do persona marketing and you went and did it, you in my mind to go that route, you would have to have everything else right with your bank because like, like that's like that's the that's stuff like, in the corners. That's like the far margin that you look into. Yeah. And if you do persona marketing and you haven't developed your brand, don't have a brand strategy, don't have a great brand, you're gonna feed the persona the wrong message to begin with. Yeah. And all of a sudden now now you've actually worked marketing in reverse. You've unmarketed yourself. Yeah. Well, and here's the deal: if you're not good at branding, it's like this conference we went to that Charmaine. Titleless. That That's a good golf ball, by the way. The best. <laughs> everything was Pro VX. Everything, every session was about digital because the audience, you could like the, the the organizers took audience feedback to heart and the audience really wanted to know about digital. And so it's digital ads, digital And this. you can't blame them for it. That's no, what I would no, have absolute, Absolutely should have been the curriculum. But after this is one of the reasons, like, you know, the, there's a the customer's always wrong kind of thing. Like the Steve Jobs, the misattributed Henry Ford. Like, you can't... Sometimes you have to be the leader to say, I know what you want to hear, but you also need to hear this stuff, which is basically the bio of this podcast. <laughs> you don't, The things you don't know that you want to hear or need to hear. But the thing is, is I'm looking around and I, towards the end of the conference, and I'm like, why does this feel wonky? And it was a good conference. The, again, the organizers did a great job listening to their constituents. But I started looking up the banks that I saw in the room. Yeah, because they list all their attendees. Well, I could, I could see them. My partners, they got name tags. They're right there in front of you. They're sponsoring. And there are people there on the edge of their seat, like, oh, digital. I'm just absorbing digital. Who are learning how to, the, the mechanics of going and placing digital ads, yet can't write an ad. Like, their ads are bad. So all they're going to do, to your point, is learn how to better proliferate a bad, a bad brand, message. yeah, or a bad brand or bad message, yeah, and that's it's 
And the persona thing, I, I want to get, I think this is pretty funny that this guy wrote, which I love this post now that, now that I've read the whole thing. No, I had already read the whole thing. But anyway, I forgot how long it was though. So true to your point. He says, imagine you own a beachside restaurant. You've, uh, you're trying to get more customers. Which one of these facts is most useful to you? Tammy is a 39-year-old divorced mother of two from Atlanta. She works in compliance, earns $60,000 a year, throws right and votes left. <laughs> and he says, or number two, Tammy is on a sweltering hot beach with two kids. They're getting hungry and one of them has to use a restroom. He said, option number two wins. It tells us that an ice cold air conditioning with a nice bathroom and a no fuss kid menu would draw Tammy in off the beach versus number one. However, all the data number two, you would not be able to know. It's, it's, it's a crime. Of, you don't know what the temperature what, 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 is that day. Well, you don't know opportunity? that Well, uh, they call it like a crime of opportunity or something like that. You wouldn't have committed it. But, but if, if all the research would have told you she was a 30-year-old, she might be divorced, she has two kids, her job title, but it wouldn't tell you that she was at the beach at what time, what the weather was, when she was there, if they were hungry or not. It wouldn't tell you any of that. Yeah, and here's the deal. So so that granular, le granular level of research, but you back up and you say, like, the only things that matter are, is the macro research. Like, we're near a beach that... Because that families are, go to, families so let's have a kid-friendly menu yeah. and a clean bathroom and, a, and prices that are a value for someone who doesn't order expensive meals. And it won't, at, at some point, I want to say that's common sense, but common sense ain't that common, you know? But, like, you don't need to put, like, next to the public area of that beach that you know families are going to pop up to, and you have a choice for the same square footage of putting in high-margin, you know, family fare or, like, a white tablecloth, lower-margin white tablecloth, type, you know, upscale dining, you probably, like that macro research of walk who's out. Who's our customer? Of, of walk out on your front porch and see who's out there. That, that's it. That You don't have to dig the stat. It's just your customers that cut, you know. And I feel like if you, if the common sense isn't that common in that situation and you're not smart enough to go to that. And when we're talking say, about, we're talking about banking, like. But know I, your customer I, is real different from the specifics of persona to me. There's a trend right now that I'm noticing. I want to know how a checking account would be different for a different type of person. There's this big trend of like make a, make a bank for crafters. It's I'm a leather crafter. Make a bank for but what would it do for, for the you? Gig economy. What would it do for you that it didn't do for me? As I'm, a, I want to know the difference whatever. in the product. Now, now there are some differences, like in ancillary products. Like, you could offer me... Wire service is quicker because you got to buy foreign something. Yeah, some sort of... Yeah, I've got to... Hide from, from Belgium Italy. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. And which is valid, but that's not the core DDA. I'm just saying product-wise, like individual product, but there is no specific wire product. Like, a bank right now has the wire product to help me. I, I use it at Renaissance Bank, right? I, I buy... Yeah, I think the only thing that would help you is if there was like limits on the amount you could spend or take because you have a specific cash business that does that. And I did see a gig economy thing that had the, um, the basically you get fronted, you get paid. Oh, the payday for, the payday early yeah, thing? Yeah, but instead of for your employer for self-employment. But that's not the core DDA. That's that's a package of products. And so there's a this trend to make a bank for like the Everybody. truck driver. Yeah. For a persona, right? Yeah. And all it is is marketing. It's just a, a product mix that a bank has. It's an, over, it's an overlaid brand. It's a masked app product or bank product that the bank already has marketed to a persona that they choose. When I, my question is always like, why is the big brand 
not good enough for that persona that you need a specific persona. And it's, it's marketing. It's and what you're saying. It's marketing. Why are you fragmenting your brand with different names? It's marketing. And look, there are some, some cases, and I don't know the profitability of these, but that bank in Washington, Coastal something bank. That, Coastal Carolina Bank. Not, not in Washington. That, that is the <laughs> bank behind Greenwood, which Killer Mike and a lot of African-American, it's an African-American specific bank. But that's the deal. When you've excluded, African-American is not a persona. That's a group of people that. Well, it's, it's culture. Yeah. That that which are not monolithic, but that that have been pretty obviously discriminated against, and so something like that—that's not like that's not a persona. But uh, I, my bank for a truck driver and all that—I just can't believe it feels like a fascinating distraction. Like Th- that's, instead that's of just the going, thing. like so can, that- the, the same effort that you that you put in in in. We are teaching inclusivity right now, and everything you do in that is you're putting man hours towards exclusivity instead of grow. If you put that same time in the big brand, do you not raise the tide for everybody? So that's, I think you just coined a marketing term that we need to include in some type of textbook and it's called fascinating distractions or fascinating distraction. It's fascinating. Looking up all these psycho demo analytics, whatever it is, it is truly fascinating, but is it a distraction from what your goal is, is loans and deposits and how you get those. I would call it a fascinating distraction. And there are a hundred vendors that won't listen to this podcast because they don't listen to it anyway, that their whole life is built on building you fascinating distractions. Well, it's what I ask. I went to Wisconsin Bankers Association Conference. One of the key questions I ask that really polarized the audience is, are you buying what your vendors are selling or what your customers need? Because vendors are really good at coming in and being like, you need to know this. You've had your head in the sand. Blah, And, and they make great pitches because that's their job. But, there is a reasonable push to argue the opposite. There are women, specific banks, that are rebranded of bigger banks that, um, whatever, they, they're thing is women entrepreneurs and it works. Yeah. So so Bobby brought up another example. I used Greenwood. He brought in these women specific banks. The thing I would say that and they are being successful. It's kind of a counterpoint. The thing I would say to that is they're not woman, that they're also not that niche though. What, That's what, a big market. Female female isn't persona a persona. Like I said, they're underserved groups, macro groups that quite frankly, if banks like I said They've earlier, been underserved got, got their heads either end as a brand long ago, we wouldn't even need it. Like if you just did a good job at serving at inclusivity, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have polarized a group to feel excluded. So yeah, but again, I, I'm talking about the like a um, women basket weaver bank yeah, yeah. is ridiculous. You're getting, you're talking about like like super niche stuff. Like women, yeah, absolutely. Like we're run by, we're we're different because every other bank is um, run. Run by men, all that, and and it's this is a place for us. Absolutely, in again, African American, like women as as two different groups. But those aren't personas. Those aren't personas. Yeah, those aren't personas. So but anyway. there are underserved groups that certainly deserve to have the same economic opportunities. And here's the deal: maybe that core big brand of that bank did not discriminate at all. But again, that history kind of not art imitates life, but feeling imitates whatever. There was discrimination. Maybe they've changed their ways, but because the sentiment, and that's what I was going earlier, the sentiment is so bad that 
yeah, you do need to shift that sentiment. Yeah. And so to that, um, I think we're about to wrap up on our time here, but if you're taking anything away from this, the, the above the fold, above the scroll, I think it's that fascinating distractions are fascinating. They're interesting. They get our attention, but they're a distraction from the core brand you need to do, the core product marketing you need to do, and the core delivery of commonsensical needs your customers want. Uh, as the examples, you can listen, you've just heard them if you've gotten this far on the podcast of the mom that's coming off the beach and just needs a nice menu and a clean bathroom versus the one who's got, you know, you know, her voting record and how she plays baseball and what her job is and what she makes or whatever. So it's, uh, there's common sense to it. But I think Josh and I find that persona marketing pitched from a lot of folks, and I get pitches every day from uh, vendors about this, is, is quite the fascinating distraction. Again, it's it's nice data to have, uh, but what do you do with it? Can you do anything with it that's beyond uh, the scope of your mission in a bank? Have you done all the other things that need to be done to get to the point of even looking at personas, such as creating a powerful brand, a brand message, a products that are simple to use, uh, delivered easily and trusted and fraud-free or fraud minimalized? So anyway, to that point, uh, that's our Money Marketing Podcast for this week, and we'll be back soon. Cool. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.